welcome to brown girl bible i am taylor and i'm lauren yes and we are your host today for brown girl bible and we are so excited to be getting started yes 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 so what is brown girl bible taylor let's just brown start bible. off with that Right. We got to let y'all know this is only our second podcast. So we have to let you know if you haven't listened to our first one about who we are, what is Brown Girl Bible, we go in depth about it. So go listen to that first one. But a short version is we are a podcast where we are getting in the word of God. We're getting in the Bible and the way we're doing it is 2020. We're going through the whole Bible chronologically. So that is going to be super exciting. Um, We have our reading plan linked below. So feel free to join in with us. Even if you're not starting on January 1st, that's fine. Jump on in. Come kick it with the girls. Yes. So today on this podcast, we are going to be detailing um, how we ourselves personally are going to be approaching studying the Bible. That means like our daily word time, how we approach going about that. Um, And yeah, this will be a good resource if you are wanting to have a little bit more guidance on how do I read the Bible? How do I study the word? Here it goes right here. And Taylor is going to send out um, a more detailed like PDF worksheet version of what we're talking about today. Yes, and it'll have way more than what we're talking about today because, you know, we didn't want it um, to be too long, but we did want to give you a lot of information. So make sure you sign up below to get that free How to Study the Bible Guide for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and so the one of the the cool things, like I was just thinking when we were, when we were planning for this, like when did we start reading the Bible, you know, and like, kind of what's the point? (laughs) You know, a lot of people don't read the Bible statistically, even people who identify as Christians. So Lauren, like for you, like how often do you read the Bible? How did you kind of start? What does that look like? Yeah. So how often I read the Bible is the goal is, is daily. Um, But even beyond that, I mean, reading the word is just a way that you hear from God. And I mean, in a relationship with God, you're in a relationship with God. And so you're not, you're not always just like, Oh, I'm going to talk to my good friend, like for 20 minutes every day. Like that's very robotic way to have a relationship. I mean, you want to be intentional about making time to see that friend, but also sometimes it's spontaneous too, whatever. So anyways, the goal is always every day, but that also doesn't happen all the time. Um, so that's how often I read. And, um, so how I started reading the Bible for myself. So Taylor and I grew up, if you don't know us very well, we, our dad is a pastor and our parents have been walking with the Lord and doing ministry, um, pretty much our whole lives. And so we grew up in a house yeah. where the word was always, we were always reading the word together as a family. We heard it preached in church. We went to Christian schools. You know, we heard the word all the time. And so that was huge and awesome. And I definitely came to Christ because of that. But um, my walk with God completely transformed when I started reading the word on my own, by myself, for myself. Um, And that happened around um, maybe 
10th grade for me, ninth or 10th grade, I went on a service trip with my um, school and I'm a morning person. And so in the mornings, there was nothing to do. I woke up earlier than, I don't know, the programming for this camp started. So in the mornings, there was nothing to do but go to the chapel and read the Bible. Um, and so I did that during that week and it totally transformed my understanding of my relationship with God. It really helped me to understand like, oh, God just wants to spend time with me and get to know me. Like it really is. It helped me to understand the personalness of that relationship much better. And I came back from that camp in that summer for the rest of the summer. I read the word every day and just fell in love with reading the word. And, you know, since then, that's been a big priority in my life. So what about Hashtag you, Hashtag I never knew that. Yeah, you literally did, though. No, I promise. I you never probably knew just that. forgot. Uh, e- I don't know. Maybe never you did knew. it. Never knew oh, that. Oh, crazy. That's, yeah, that is really cool. And just to be able to be on that mission trip, just to get away, that's so awesome. And just kind of have that specific time just with the Lord. I mean, we it's, it's awesome to do mission trips because it gets you to see the gospel outside of just America and culturally things are just so different like serious even spiritually I think things are I mean the gospel is the same no matter what but spiritually things are different in different places so yeah and that one was in America our church actually used to do that one all the time shout out Pittsburgh Project oh very practical service just like doing free labor on people's homes who can't afford to have their homes fixed up Oh, I literally thought you meant the Dominican Republic. No, no. Yeah, because this was like, it was really the summer after ninth grade. So I was going into 10th grade. And that's when you do Pittsburgh Project, right? I see. I see what you're saying. Okay, got you. So I know for me, I... um, I started reading the Bible for my own. Like Lauren said, of course, we were raised obviously the exact same way. (laughs) Um, And I remember when we were teenagers and younger, like we've always had... Bible reading, devotional time, whatever. My mom calls it T-A-W-G, time alone with God, um, as a part of our lifestyle. And I remember in high school, though, like, it would kind of be like, it was supposed to be part of our morning routine. But I kind of, I wasn't, like, against it, but I just wasn't really too motivated to do it. Like, we had all these cool devotion books and things like that, and they would be fine, but I wasn't, like, pressed. It wasn't until I really got serious about the Lord my sophomore year of college and it's like I started reading the Bible and it's like I had never heard any of this stuff before. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's in there. That's in there. Knowing I had heard these verses 700 times, you know, but it's just very different when you actually have the Holy Spirit and when you actually are reading, um, you know, just with more so of an open mind and the Lord is prompting you and giving you insight it's different than just reading the Bible like any other book. And so I started reading the Bible for myself. And that's when I actually really started getting super, it's very, it became super interesting to me. It's super like fun to read it. And um, so that was about 2012, I think. And so that's how I've been reading the Bible. Now I really love the, I really love it. Obviously we're doing a podcast about it. So today in culture, like, I mean, it, it honestly, if you look at statistics and even just kind of looking at our lifestyle and just people around us, you just reading the Bible for ourselves and actually studying it doesn't really seem like a huge priority. And so, like, is this really that important? Like, kind of what's the point? Yes, it's hugely important. 
because the word is is our link to God's truth. Like it is the truth of God. And um, as we go about living in the world, um, the world, what the world says in the world system, it's it's an opposite truth to God's. And even the neutral things, just like as we go about our day, is pulling us away from God's truth. And it's really hard to, I feel like we probably all have experienced, like I know what God's word says, I know what is true, but I'm not convinced of that in my heart. Like I don't feel it. And so mm-hmm. going back to the word, daily you're gonna see that romans 12 like transforming of the of the mind like uh and so yeah it's just like hugely impactful to come back to what god says is true and being tethered to that as opposed to um yeah just kind of you know letting what's what's in the world i don't know kind of hit you yeah, I was I literally thinking about that like an hour ago. I don't even know why it popped into my head. But um, I, I, like reading the word is actually a huge, huge step you can take in the direction for emotional health. And I was just thinking about how culturally today, like we're not really encouraged. We're, I mean, there's this big self-care trend and, you know, and I think that that's good. But one of the things that I think is very hurtful that's kind of in that same vein is like, like whatever emotion you feel is your truth and you, and you should stand on that. And that's what it is. And that is so damaging to yourself and to others around you. As you know, we all have such toxic emotions, even if you have the best intentions, even if you're a nice person, even if you may not act on your emotions in the way that maybe things pop into your head, but it is just really so hurtful and not good and mature and wise like to just be a person led by emotions for just your whole life and that's like what you were saying like the word of God actually roots you back in truth and I know that is what helped me even I just had a baby so all of this is so fresh but even just being pregnant like a lot of people you give you the excuse like you're pregnant like you're allowed to like be hormonal and mean to everyone and like you know just do whatever eat everything and God really was speaking to me during my pregnancy like no like you still are called to like be mature, like be healthy, like you, your emotions still don't get to rule you like, you know, mm-hmm. and they're and they're real and they're harder to, you know, manage in some in some ways. But it's just like that truth of God is really what kept me like stable. And that really helped me when I had bad attitudes, when I was mad at myself, when I was mad at other people, it really helped me uh, be stable. So it's, it really is crucial. That's just one of the reasons, you know? Yeah. And that, that is so huge. I mean, if you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, I mean, just like that is the word. And um, I mean, I think too, just in general, a lot of us don't, really know what the word says I mean like right you you, a lot of us aren't even in the place to be convinced because we don't even know what the truth is and so knowing what the bible says for yourself is hugely important and um yeah just gonna be huge for your walk with God like we said this is a personal you have a personal relationship with God so know for yourself what it says sure you heard in church that they say this all the time but how do you actually know that that's what the word says you know discover for yourself and Jesus was a a huge proponent of people being responsible for their own knowledge their own walk with him you know being inquisitive um you know asking questions you know 
uh, he wants us to be responsible. And that's how you get away from groupthink or just, you know, being convinced of the wrong things. Or you see people go crazy interpreting the word crazy. And, you know, you hear stories of, I mean, even stuff extreme, as extreme as cults and stuff like that. And you're like, yeah, those people right. fall into that? It's because yeah. probably they weren't really going to the word themselves right. or they didn't have the spirit but yeah. either way you know that is just huge and then two for sharing the gospel right that's like right. such a huge part of our walks is the hope of heaven and you yeah. know what can you bring with you to heaven people so that's a huge part of our walk so you know the more that you know the word you can that's such a good resource for when you're trying to communicate Christ to other people so it's super good super important yeah I agree I feel like um it's just not enough to um it's not enough to just hear your pastor even though we have amazing like our dad is literally a pastor so this is not a slight on any pastors but no matter who your pastor is how amazing he is he could be in the perfect alignment and will of God and and say everything right you know but there also are a lot of false teachers out here and people who are really leading people astray um and it's crucial that you know when you hear him say something go back and study the word for yourself and that's why I even um really would encourage non-believers and people who don't believe in the bible to actually mm-hmm. study the bible for themselves because most people who don't believe in the bible or are offended at christianity have taken a little sound bite from something have taken one sentence out of the whole bible have taken something that they interpreted wrong or that someone else told them and made this whole ideology and is kind of blocking them um, from really knowing truth and you know so even if someone is just strongly against the word of god if you really believe that you're right studying the bible for you mm-hmm. what shouldn't change that um so why not do it you know so I yeah think, make sure you know what you don't believe in you know? right exactly make sure you know why you don't believe in don't just be and don't just be like oh i saw this thing on instagram that's right that aligns with what i feel so let me just you know let me just not believe in god it's too much is at stake for that so yeah so that's why we are so like excited about this inductive bible study because we're going to be going deeper in the word everyone that's coming with us on this journey is going deeper in the word too so we are doing something called inductive bible study and it's going to be really really great okay so a quick overview of what an inductive bible study is so basically inductive versus deductive reasoning is like inductive is you're taking what you see what you observe and based off of that you're making a conclusion whereas deductive is you're starting with a conclusion something you know to be true and you're trying to get to okay what proves this so we're not starting with any conclusions when we approach the word yeah we're just starting with what do we see what do we observe and then what can we conclude from that and so yeah that is the whole point of an inductive study so taylor what are the steps of an inductive bible study yes so inductive bible study very simple oia of observation is the first step interpretation and then application so we're going to break down those things and give you kind of an overview of each of those um and this will help to lead you in your time with god and your bible study and um we can't go into too much too like full 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 detail but in our email we will definitely so the first step is obviously 
No. So the first step is observation. So observation is literally saying, what does this say? What is going on? And so um, you're just literally reading the passage, the verse, the chapter, whatever you're reading in the Bible and literally reading it literally and taking it and seeing what it says. Yeah, so this is going to be on the guide, but I mean, just your simple like W questions, you're going to write these things down as you read. Who, what, when, where, why, and you add one H in there, how. So who, so let's say we're reading in Genesis, you know, who's in this part? Who's being mentioned? Who are the players? Who are the people? what's going on? What has happened? Like, let's summarize really quickly what went down. Um, when is this happening? What point in time? What what timing is relevant in this? Where is this at? Why is this going on? And how is this going on? Those are just some good anchor questions into helping you to really pull out everything from that passage. Yeah. And, and it makes it fun. Like that makes it a story for me. I think of, you know, the Bible, like a story, like, oh, these, these people, these are real things. Like these people are literally in modern day Turkey or they're in Israel or they're in, you know, Egypt, wherever they are. And this is, and this thing is literally happening and just imagine, oh, culturally, okay. These were, these were black people or these are Africans. And these were these type of people, you know, just understanding that whole context, it makes it more fun rather than you just kind of reading some, some words on a page. Another thing in our observation is that we really want to watch for um, things that uh, are lists. So uh, if if in the verse they start listing things like, hey, God hates these things and then proceeds to list five or six things, you know, it's really good to note that. And, and when I'm journaling, I just kind of write, you know, I'll write God hates and then I'll list. So. Um, those are really, that's a really important point. And then also watching for contrast and comparisons and things like that. You know, you could say, you know, love is like wine or something like that. You know, I just made that up, but you know, (laughs) look for the comparisons, look for, um, contrast, you know, and things like that, because those are in there specifically, and those are in there intentionally. And so, just watch for your contrast and comparisons. And those are just a couple observations that you, that, um, you could make. Oh, before we move on from observation, a huge part of that too is going to be using resources of Bible scholars who have already dove, that have already dived, dove? Who have already really explored this stuff. Divided. Mm -hmm. Anyways, who have already explored this stuff. So commentaries are so helpful. So if you're like, okay, I don't know where this is taking place, you know, you can look it up in a commentary and they will let you know. Or I don't know why this person said, you know, you have to have this many shekels for this, you know. So you can look up that historical context and that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and a huge part of that too is going to just be, no, yeah, that's all I want to say. Yeah. So commentaries, huge, important. Yeah. That'll be very helpful because a lot of people have studied these things and, um, 
a lot of times I'll go, I'll go through on my own and do it first before reading a commentary, just because I want to just get the practice of observing for myself, learning for myself, and then, um, and then seeing what other people are saying, because commentaries are still um, man-made, but they're still amazing resources. So definitely should get an uh, awesome commentary. So after observation, we figured out what's going on. We saw, you know, who's talking, why they're talking, where they're at, things like that. Now we need to get into interpretation. So interpretation is very important. It's the second step. And interpretation is us saying, what does it mean? So we just saw observation is what does it say? And now interpretation is what does it mean? One of the most important things about interpretation is context. Context, context, context. Context, um, it, it really rules. And it's such an important thing in Bible study. Um, to consider context, you really have to look at the verses that are around it. You have to look at the book in which it's found in. So which book of the Bible is this? And then also you have to look at the whole word of God. It is so important that we look at the entire word of God, that we understand the Bible in its entirety. And I know that seems so overwhelming, like um, that's why I'm trying to read this because I don't understand. But it's very harmful if we just look at one sentence or one verse and take that out of context and, and you know, and, and misinterpret it. Yeah, and that is going to be helpful. I mean, the word is not going to um, really contradict itself. And so like at the beginning of this study, we're going to be reading a lot about the Israelites and the Israelites do some wild things. And so you're like, wow, the Israelites, like, uh, I don't know, killed all these people or whatever. Like, is God okay with that? Well, it's like, we know God's character from all of the rest of the word. So you can kind of see like, okay, from the context of the word, we know how God's character is. He probably wasn't okay with this. So that's probably, that's something that's being described, not prescribed, which means like they're describing something that happened. They're not necessarily saying that this was a thing that was prescribed by God, like God right. wanted this to happen. It's just describing a thing that people chose to do. So that kind of stuff is important when you're looking at the word. So one of the things, you know, just that I've kind of observed and even done myself is just kind of take one verse or one sentence and kind of run with it and interpret it how I want. And it's not really accurate. And I feel like one of the uh, most common verses that I see that I see people use in this way is Matthew 7, 1. It's the judge, uh, judge not that you be not judged verse. And um, that's what it literally says. Um, but I think a lot of people often use it in a way to be like, don't tell me anything's wrong. Don't tell me I can't do something. Don't tell me what I feel is not true. And I really believe that Jesus is not telling the listeners to not judge but to only to judge others after you have repented of your own faults and sins, because the rest of the passage says this for with the same judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to a brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a big log in your own eye, you hypocrite. 
first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So it still says that at the end, like you will be addressing that speck in your brother's eye or whatever, but it just addresses how you do it and what order and, and humbling yourself and things like that. And there are also other verses that talk about how, um, you know, quote unquote, judging believers and how we are to interact with each other as Christians. I know first Corinthians five twelve says, um, but now I am writing you not to associate with anyone who claims to be a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a verbal abuser, a drunkard, drunkard or a swindler. With such a man do not even eat. And then this is the verse, verse 12. What business of mine is it to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge, judge those inside? God will judge those outside. So that will, that's just one example to me that's kind of like, you have to understand, like, observe literally and then also interpret accurately by reading the whole passage and not just kind of taking out a sentence. So that's just something that I've kind of noticed and I need to do better at too. So, yeah, context is just crucial. Okay, so the last one is application. And application really has to do of doing God's work. The things you see in your lifestyle, your 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 mindsets and things like that. Um, one verse that I really want to highlight um, to focus on application is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So we see there that the application of scriptures are going to be teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness for the purpose of um, that we're equipped for every good work, that we're equipped for the things that God has for us. So um, teaching, of course, um, I know that a lot of people may think, oh, teaching, like that's for my pastor and church leaders. Like, no, that's for everyone. Um, whether you're evangelizing, whether you are a parent and you um, are trying to help your children um, shape who they are and teach them the gospel and the Bible and just how to be a, a healthy person. Um, teaching is crucial. And, and even those around you, you can help your peers and your friends and your coworkers. And so understanding doctrine is crucial, crucial, crucial. And then reproof. This is a part that's controversial, but you have to find where you have been wrong and correct that. And um, that is kind of what Lauren was talking about before. Um, but reproof is to accept and agree with God, acknowledging where you're wrong in thought or behavior. And then it's very similar to correction, um, but correction comes, uh, a large part of correction is, is confession. Um, we need to confess and again, turn from what's wrong and then see, um, the word of God is truth. If you hear anything in the background, that's my baby <laughs> working mom here. So yeah, that's just Reagan, just trying to make her podcast debut. And then the last one is training in righteousness. And, um, yeah, God's word equips us in teachings, commands, promises, exhortations, warnings. He really tells us and gives us the blueprint on how to live out this life, uh, to live a righteous life, to live a good, godly life. And so 
um, those are really the main things that we're going to be focusing on with applications, um, with, with application in this context of an inductive Bible study. Okay, back from our little baby interruption. Yes. But, yeah, agree with all that about application. And um, I think a big part of application, too, is prayer. Yeah, prayer is very good um, in your application. If you think you're hearing something from God, talk to him about it. Say, God, I think this is what you're saying to me from your word. Is that true? Help me to get on board with what you're saying. Um, Yeah, and it's just going to help you to connect with God even more. So that's all the steps, observation, interpretation, application. And we're going to have a nice little PDF guide for you that you can use in your daily word time to get this stuff down on paper, help you to organize your thoughts as you read the word. Um, Oh, but one thing I want to do say, I do want to say is that don't let uh, perfectionism around how you study the word keep you from studying the word. So something I hear so much from people often is, well, I haven't had time in the word for five days because I never have 40 minutes to do observation, interpretation, application, prayer, journal, blah, blah, blah. Uh Uh-uh, we're not doing that. If you have 15 minutes and all you can do is read the passage, then do that. That is better than just being like, well, if I can't do all these steps, then I'm not going to read it. You know, leave the perfectionism at home. I mean, don't leave it at home. Get it out your house Um, because Mm -hmm. that pulls you away from God. And when I did this in 2018, honestly, there were a lot of days where I said, it would be good if I just read this, if I just look at this. And, um, you know, that is still transformative because even if you can't put all your study methods and whatever the spirit is still going to work through you taking a look at the word. So don't get caught up. This is an awesome resource. But if all you can do is take two seconds to read, still read. Yeah, if you just want to play the Bible and uh, and, uh, the audio version of the Bible in your car while you're driving to work, do that. Like, there's love. I mean, it's just you can take as much or little of this as you want, but it, it will be really helpful. So yeah, and also if you want to jump in with us and it's not January 1st or before January 1st, that's completely fine. Jump in at any point as we read through this chronological Bible. It's still going to be so fun for all of us to do it together, even if it's June, even if it's May, September. So just jump on in so we can get it going. Yes, yes. So make sure again you get on the email list so you can get... um the daily reading. So like we have every, like the passage in chronological order, what day you should read it on. We have all that in a Google doc that we will send out. And we have this, how to study the Bible inductive method. Uh, Taylor's going to send out a worksheet. So get on that email list. Taylor, what are the socials? And then we have our social check us out on Instagram at Brown girl Bible underscore. And we would love to hear from you guys. So leave a comment either below this podcast or on our Instagram. Yes. Wow. Well, this has been real fun. It's been real fun. <laughs> it's been real 
For real. Uh, it's been real. It's been fun. I don't know if it's been real fun. Just yes. <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. And don't forget to check out our first one, our podcast trailer about what is Brown Girl Bible and who we are. And we are excited to keep growing together. We have less than a week till we start our chronological Bible. So let's go.